We are coming to the end of the first section of Tanya, the major part of Tanya. We're already at chapter 48, and there's 53 chapters. We continue the discussion that we started in the last two chapters. In chapter 46, we learned that the heart naturally and instinctively mirrors love. As love reflects face in the water, so is the heart of one individual to the next. And the Tanya offered us various reflections on Hashem's love to us so that we can reciprocate with love back to Him. In chapter 46, we considered how Hashem's love shown to us at the exodus from Egypt was like a great king lifting a lowly man from the dirt, bringing him to the palace and showering with hugs and kisses. Chapter 47, we learned how spiritually speaking the exodus is still relevant as it happens each and every day. Now we're going to explore another dimension of Hashem's love for us, how He makes the effort, so to speak, to diminish His infinite light to enable us to exist. This is a powerful idea of Jewish mysticism. In the words of the Tanya, when an intelligent person will contemplate the greatness of the blessed infinite one, as the name actually says, infinite means there is no end, finality, or limit whatsoever to the light and energy emerging from within him. So this intelligent person will realize that there's a huge gap that separates God, the infinite God, from this finite world. Now, before continuing, the Tanya briefly clarifies an important point regarding this metaphor of God's light, which is often used in Kabbalah. He says like this, The Kabbalists prefer the metaphor of God's light because light stresses a direct connection and continuity with its source. The light is unified with its essence and being in complete unity, just as the light which emerges from a bulb or a globe is clearly connected with its source. But just as the light bulb doesn't choose to emit its light, the term God's light could also send a mistaken impression that God was somehow forced to emit this energy. So therefore, Tanya must point out and say that it was through his will. In other words, nobody's forcing God to share this light. It's his will. Now, back to the idea. If the spiritual worlds had unfolded from the infinite light without any radical diminishment, in other words, at some stage, God has to pretty much block all the light, so that he can now create space for the finite, if God had not done that, and rather the creation of the spiritual and physical worlds would have only followed a step-by-step cause-and-effect process, where each phase is relative to the next, this world could not have been created at all, because this world, which is finite, is not relative at all to the infinite world. You might want to play that again. You see, if you start with an infinite light and then diminish it by any percentage, you will still be left with infinity. However many relative changes you would make, you would never transform infinite into finite, because infinite will still stay infinite. And yet we see that our world is finite. And even Gan Eden, even the spiritual worlds where people go after they pass away, is somewhat finite, and souls are finite, and angels are finite. What do we mean they're finite? There's a limit to the comprehension they have of God's light. There's a limit to the pleasure they get from basking in the ray of the divine presence and enjoying God's light, because they can't actually receive pleasure from the infinite one. Because if you try to exist in the light of the infinite, you don't exist, because you're finite. 
That's the paradox. In the infinite light, there's no room for anything else, only the infinite. So if the infinite wants to create space for you, the infinite has to block itself, so to speak. So we'll continue exploring this idea, but what, what have we said so far? We've said like this, you and I can only exist because God hides himself. If Hashem did not hide himself and let the infinite light shine, there's no room for any entity other than God's light. And that's why before the world was created, there was nothing here. Because by default, if there's God, there's nothing here. God had to do tzimtzum. He had to hold back a credible amount of his energy, pretty much cut off all the energy, just besides for a little drop, to allow the world to come into existence and stand, at least in its own perception, on its own two feet. Deep stuff, but really important.